Welcome back to The Federal Drive with Tom Temin here on Federal News Network. Who owns your face or your fingerprints? And how should they be treated if you use them to gain access to an online system? These very real questions on privacy and rights to biometric data are amplified by the growing use of artificial intelligence. In fact, the Office of Science and Technology Policy is asking the public to weigh in on the development of biometric principles. For what's at stake here, we turn to attorney Dwayne Poza. He's a partner at Wiley Ryan and a specialist in AI and related technologies. Mr. Poza, good to have you on. Thanks so much for having me. And you have written fairly extensively about this. And what are the issues for the government that might be collecting, if not collecting, using, and I guess in a sense collecting that type of information as it seeks to make log on easier and access to digital services easier? Sure. You know, as you mentioned at the outset, these issues are arising in the context of a broader initiative coming out of the White House, the Office of Science Technology Policy or OSTP, which has put out a request for public information and comment on the use of biometrics specifically, and biometrics in the context of use by AI systems. And separately, although in connection with this, announced that OSTP is working on an AI bill of rights or some sort of document that would attempt to categorize the different kinds of issues at stake here and set out sort of consumer or individual expectations as to the way the AI particular biometric AI is being used. So that is sort of their long-term goal. And they raise a number of different issues, including, you know, sort of privacy concerns that you mentioned at the outset. Because to use a biometric stored at a site so that people can come back without starting the whole process over again, almost like having it stored on your phone is one thing. This would be stored in some cloud. And I guess the issue is it could be purloined by hackers or it could be used in some nefarious way because people are always afraid of biometric, especially facial databases. I guess we should be used to fingerprint databases. Those have been around for a century. Yeah, so the privacy issues are numerous. One of them is protecting this kind of information. And, you know, there are various privacy laws on the books in different contexts that, you know, require protection of this information because it is personally identifying and essentially immutable, your fingerprint, right? But things like facial recognition are interesting as well because, you know, obviously your face is publicly available on the internet. So it's not the same thing as as like a fingerprint. But some of the questions they're asking are around how that information is used. So, for example, they raise the question of if AI is being used, you know, to scan your face or for facial recognition for a certain kind of purpose, does there need to be notice? Should you have a disclosure that says that we're using facial recognition in order to make a decision about something, even for security? And those are, I think, some unanswered questions that they're seeking comment on. Because we've been talking about this mainly as a piece of data to be used compared to another piece of data to give a yes-no answer for admittance or something in the logon scenario. But the other thing you're writing about is the idea of discerning things from a piece of biometric that might be used by an AI system for analysis, gait recognition, you mentioned voice recognition, heart rate analysis. Or if someone is crinkling their face, does that mean they're lying or some kind of thing? That's where you get into some really gray areas where the policy, I guess, hasn't kept up with what AI is capable of. Right. When it comes to identification, I think there's been a lot of gains in terms of testing the accuracy of different kinds of software. 
right? AI software that does, you know, facial recognition or other kinds of biometric identification. Um, NIST, the Department of Commerce, for example, has tests and they actually, you know, publish the results of different kinds of software. And the sort of background concern there is accuracy, obviously, but also bias, particularly if some of the algorithms are not as good or as accurate when it comes to, for example, certain racial groups. And that's also the kind of information that this puts out. You know, some of the other issues that you just raised are if you try to use similar sorts of biometric identification for, they call it emotion recognition or um, to infer sort of other characteristics about a person, you know, the question there is, are you getting past the science? Are you using the technology in a way that it was designed? And how accurate is that? And should there be even sort of, you know, voluntary standards around how you test for certain kinds of things like emotion recognition using this technology? We're speaking with attorney Dwayne Poza. He's a partner at Wiley Ryan. And there's kind of an irony here, isn't there? Because in, say, the area of recruitment and hiring. A lot of corporations and increasingly government agencies are looking at resumes without names and without even information on whether the person is male or female, and certainly without pictures, just to try to get bias out of any decision that might be made. And yet at the same time, some of these systems are relying on those very characteristics to make decisions. So it seems like the world is almost bifurcating in a funny way. Yeah. And one key issue here, even outside the context of, you know, uh, biometrics is when you use AI, you have to pay close attention to the data set that you're using to determine whether or not there's any built-in bias. So, you know, for the example you gave, just stripping out names of the resumes, if there's some bias in the set of resumes that you use to train the model, then it's possible that the model will just replicate the bias, right? So I think companies who are innovating in this area are focused on trying to control and weed out the bias in the model. And then what the federal government is doing, I think, is trying to figure out what the approach would be in terms of, you know, do you want to set standards by which you could measure bias so that companies have a sense of this? In certain areas like hiring, is this really a regulatory approach or an enforcement approach? And I think this overall White House initiative is heading towards trying to answer those questions. And one of the things it's trying to achieve is the development of an artificial intelligence bill of rights. And what's your sense of what might be the potential elements in a bill of rights for AI? That's a good question. So the administration announced this in an op-ed in Wired magazine, very 21st century way of doing it. And uh, Dr. Lander, Dr. Nelson, who head OSTP, uh, wrote the op-ed. They outlined a few things that I'm looking out for. The first potentially in it is a right to know when and how AI is influencing a decision that affects civil rights or civil liberties. I refer to this sometimes as like sort of a transparency principle, the right to understand that it's being used. There is a discussion around freedom from being subjected to AI that is sort of quoting him here, that is biased. So that's sort of a bias avoidance principle. There are discussions around privacy concerns that I expect would make in there. And then also the right to meaningful recourse is something they highlight, which is if something goes wrong, uh, what is the redress for it? I mean, first of all, can you even figure out that there is a harm? And then sort of what are consumers' rights if AI goes awry? Right. So it sounds like they've got a lot of research to do. And I would think that one of the problems maybe or one of the challenges in this public call for comment is to make sure that you can weed out the cranks. 
and the people that generate 10 million identical responses to find out what is really well-informed opinion on this. Right. I mean, ironically, you could probably use AI to try to (laughs) (laughs) weed out the responses. And in uh, fact, I think that's something that they're talking about in the whole rulemaking process, part of administrative government, which is another topic entirely. All right. And what's the deadline for people that want to respond to this OSTP? I haven't seen that solicitation personally. So the RFI on biometrics, the deadline, I believe, is January 15th, so in the new year. The general solicitation of feedback on the Bill of Rights is it's pretty open-ended. They've indicated that they want this to be a dialogue. They had a few events earlier this year in which the public could participate, um, and they have an email address. So I think the short answer is January 15th for the formal request for comment, but it's an ongoing opportunity to provide input. Attorney Dwayne Poza is a partner at Wiley Ryan. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. We'll post this interview along with his article, and if we can get that email posted, we'll do that too, at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. 